Gather round, step right up, film freaks, cinematic sickos, and movie maniacs. It's More Movies Weekly, number 39. I need a perimeter as far back as 39. Welcome to the podcast where we like to talk about all things cinema, film, movie related. My name is Greg Fisher. His name is David Roberts. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the brand new film, Nightmare Alley. So, Nightmare Alley, based on the novel of the same name by William Lindsay Gresham. It was made in 1947 with Tyrone Power starring. It has been remade in 2021, directed by Guillermo del Toro. We've got Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Mara Rooney, Willem Dafoe, Tony Collette. Loads of stars in this one. We've just watched it, and now we're going to talk about it. Dave, are you a fan of this kind of movie? Um. Oh, yes, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm a fan of Del Toro. I think he's a, a great director, um, and it, you know, it's a kind of neo noir uh, spectacle. So my kind of uh, area, and um, I've always been quite intrigued by circus um, kind of films, carnival kind of looks and stuff. I've always found that a really intriguing um, aesthetic. Um, I don't think either of us have read the novel, of course. Um, you know, it's just one that's escaped us. But we have seen the original 1947 film with Tyrone Power. It also has Joan Blondell, Colleen Gray, and Helen Walker. Um, I really enjoyed the original um, to the point where you think, okay, so the it's not a remake because it's 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 another adaptation of the book if you ask me but the new version has got a lot of live lot to live up to in terms of the old version of the film was so good so you know i i think it is a remake there and i think this keeps being said because dal Toro keeps on going oh i've gone back to the book mm-hmm. and i remember the same thing being said remember when uh, rebecca was remade uh yes does it last year or the year before and um, the director of that said exactly the same thing. Oh, it's not a remake of it. Now I'm going back to the book. But in reality, the stuff that's not in the book that's in both the films. So clearly, um, Del Toro has used the original film as inspiration uh, and remade certain elements of it. So yes, they're both from the book and the stuff in this is, wasn't in the original. It's come from the book. But as much from the original film as well. So I think it is a remake. I think to kind of deny the influence of the original is kind of um, uh, just trying to avoid the word remake from from uh, director's standpoints because I, I guess it's got a bad rap you know, in more recent years, hasn't it? But um, yeah. I, think it I, is, I found them know. both so different, though, that I didn't get that impression. I didn't really feel like it was a remake because, again, we're at a bit of a disadvantage not having read the book here because that's the missing piece to the... Uh, to, to the conversation here because we've got the two films and the book. But I just felt that the Del Toro version had so much more in it, especially with the central character. Um, his name is Stanton Carlisle. He is played by Bradley Cooper in uh, the new film. I'm not a massive Bradley Cooper fan, but he's all right. You know, sometimes he's pretty good. And he wasn't terrible in this. He's definitely no Tyrone Power by yeah. a long shot. But... Um, he was good in this movie and I felt that the character was a very different character in this film and explored his backstory a hell of a lot more and delved deeper into his darker uh, side 
as a character than I felt was done in the 1947 version. And for me, they were different enough uh, to actually agree with Del Toro on that side of things that, you know, that I didn't find that much of um, from, from the original film in the, in the new film. Yeah. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's plenty that is, is directly from the book and it, there's, there is plenty more in the new one that, as you say, there's a lot more backstory. There's a lot more added to it. I mean, it is 40 minutes longer. Um, yes. So it, there is a, there's a lot more detail. Yeah. But um, I, I on cursory reading, um, the people are saying, you know, entire scenes are, you know, that are not in the book are basically lifted from the original uh, into right. it. And okay. you can see which scenes they are. I think a lot of it is in there. It's done differently. There's, there's different elements. Of course, there's characters that are not in the original which mm. are in the new one, and they've split things out and moved pieces around. Yeah. Um, well, when you got um, scenes that were in both films, I just felt they were different enough. For example, the main one I would illustrate is the scene where um, Kate Blanchett comes into the film. I felt those two scenes were quite different because she's trying to catch him out and he has to guess that there's a pistol in her purse, etc. That That... None of that was in the original film. It was no, more no. just guessing her backstory, guessing the the fact that you know she uh, she asked the question. I think um, is my mother going to get better or something like that? And he says, "Well, your mother's dead." So yeah, this is sort of a different element to it. I think I think with that though, again, we, we don't know because we, we we haven't read the book. You haven't read it, so we don't know exactly how it is in the book, and it's never going to be the same anyway. Um, but I felt it was the same, but it was just you know different in terms of it was making that scene more dramatic it, it still achieved the same end um absolutely um but yeah i mean but the, it's a remake but they are very different is it isn't in a sense actually probably the essence of the film um the characters are the same the loose plot line is the same yeah um all the way through but there's a philosophical difference that runs through the film that is this is the major difference. Uh, key to key to the whole film, and it's that that final line, which actually isn't in the book. No. Um, so this is something that is just just in the films, but it's that last line um, when he when he ends up. Uh, spoiler alert! Um, just to, to anyone who hasn't seen it yet, but um, he ends up back at the carnival, um, and he's offered the basically the role to become the the geek. Um, in the original, he says, Mr. I was made for it. Mr. I was made for it. Really hinting at the fact that throughout the film, because we in the original, we don't know his background. We don't know where he's come from. It, you no. know, we start, he's already at the carnival. He's already really working there. The, the, the reason he uh, basically becomes a geek is because of... Um, the experience throughout the film, his own hubris, you know, yeah. he himself has led himself to this conclusion, his own, uh, it's, he's the architect of his downfall himself. In the new one, he says, Mr. I was born for it. I was born for it. <laughs> now we know a lot more in the new one about his, background and uh, his father and what he's done to him um and 
his you know his father's inevitable downfall and it it's really suggested there that he was destined for this anyway he's going to become his father he's going to he was always prophesied to become this he's going to follow the same path uh, regardless of what he did mm. and i think that's the philosophical difference that runs through each of the films that makes it so different um mm. and and that's and that's where it, the difference lies well, the trouble with that, though, is that it implies that no matter what he did, he was destined to become the geek, no matter if he was good, bad, or whatever. But I would argue that there's still a hell of a lot of uh, his own hubris, as you put it, to be blamed for the fact that he ends up, um, you know, in a sorry state and he gets employed as the new geek, you know. Um, so, I don't know. We'll have to agree to disagree on that. But... Um, I do agree with you, though, that there is a different sort of philosophical thread running throughout it. I mean, one of the main things is in the in the um, original forty seven film, the ending is very different. Not just for that one word change, but also there's a sort of scene afterwards that basically um, in that Stan ends up with Molly again. She sort of saves him. She's at the carnival he's gone to, and he's sort of like freaking out isn't he and being chased yeah. around as the new geekies and sort of drunken stupor and she sort of says stan stan i want to take care of you and it's a kind of a softer happier ending for stan in that even though he's in a mess and he looks like shit and he's drunk and he's the new geek molly is still there to sort of catch him and um make everything all right again just to, to, to lighten it a bit at the end you know not have such a downbeat ending if it they just ended him with him saying Mr. I was made for this, you know, and then cut to the end. It's like, oof, that's a bit of a heavy one. But the fact that Molly's there to say, Stan, I want to take care of you. It's going to be all right. It leaves you with that kind of, well, poor old Stan, but he'll, he'll be all right in a few days. He'll be back on top. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that era of filmmaking is, is that affects the original in such a way, I'd say yeah. the ending there gets, get, gets ruined um, because – the where it cuts off on the new one is better. I agree. I would argue that the wording better is better yeah. from the original. So if you like did what you do in the new one and cut it. <laughs> yeah. Mister. I was made for it. If you could have a bit of both, <laughs> yeah, it'd be perfect. It would. I mean, the bonuses uh, for the new one as well is that it is absolutely luscious to look at. Yeah. Um, absolutely gorgeous looking picture. They did a really great job with the cinematography um, and the set design, the costumes, everything about it. I think we said this when we reacted to the trailer uh, a month or so ago. Uh, where we said it just looks incredible. It's got that sort of uh, Baz Luhrmann look to it, where everything is, you know, just got a, a beautiful sheen to it. Really nicely framed, really good block, and every little detail in terms of how it is presented was, you know, you just can't knock it. And um, I love that about it. Um, some people have complained that the first hour was a little, it dragged on a bit too long. You even said yourself that you felt that the first bit uh, in the whole carnival and stuff set in the scene went on too long. I, I loved every minute of that. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes on there that isn't in the original film as well. He gets to know more characters within the carnival itself, like Willem Dafoe's character. He was a real piece of shit. 
I thought he was yeah. the character. <laughs> you know, he's got all these like unborn fetuses and jars, and he, he's the one who keeps the geek in the cage. Yeah. And I think that whole emphasis on the geek is 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 really sort of like um, explored more in the new film. It's there in the original, you know, uh, and and Stan almost feels sorry for him a bit. And you need that for the payoff at the end that you yeah. know he's destined, as you say, to become uh, the new geek. But I felt they explored that a little bit more um, in the new film. Right from the off, you realize this is not a very nice guy. Stan is not he's not a great guy. He's not a hero. He's, no. he's kind of ambiguous character that, you know, he's out for himself. I mean, I don't think he says a line in the film for the first 15 minutes. He's very quiet. Everybody else does the talking. And you're just watching him quietly settle into the background of the carnival. He gets yeah. a little mattress to sleep on. He just about gets a job and then he gets a meal. And way in. He worms yeah. his way in. He does. And before you know it, he's like the... He's coming up with all sorts. He's inventing the chair for her to sit in and stuff. That's one thing I was impressed with in the original film as well. You know, when she does the electricity between her fingers. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's cool uh, special effects for the time. For the time, absolutely. I mean, obviously they've um, gone bigger and better for the for the new version. You've got sparks flying everywhere and Rooney Morris there in the chair. But they stayed faithful to the costume as well. The original is quite contemporary. The book had only just been out a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, carnivals were still a thing in America, you know, in that sense. So it was probably more well known and understandable. Yeah, to the normal audience. Yeah. So that that I mean, that's probably a part of it as well that it's it's needed. Um, True. Yeah. I enjoyed but it does add a lot of though, texture. It does add a lot of texture. Yeah, and uh, again, to, to even though thing. it's it's dirtier, it's grubbier, it's kind of a seedier world of like the carnival world. Um. It still looked amazing the way they shot it. You got all that stuff yeah. with Tony Collette and David Strathairn in there as well. Uh, Ron Perlman, who uh, Del Toro had worked with on the Hellboy movies, is is in there as the strong man. He was great. Um, Bruno. But I, I actually thought the original Bruno, Bruno in 1947, that guy was excellent. Whose cap is that? Well, that stands. He's in there taking a bath. Taking a what? I bet you could use one yourself, huh? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot, there's a lot of differences. Um between the two but the the, the standout things for the new one the, the major one is how it's shot um, and the, the layers and textures it adds to it and uh, mm. there is some great you know, you know um, you know although we say Tyrone Power's better from the from the original I think we, we're both there on that one from the new one you know having Willem Dafoe and people like that in there mm. giving stonking performances really uh, really is quite special. It's a really great Having film. said that about Power, I still enjoyed Bradley Cooper in this. I still thought he was very good in the lead. Um, I, he was I, good. I, I, I prefer a lot of the actors from the 47 one, to be honest. I totally yeah. uh, I thought Joan, Joan Blondell was just incredible. Helen Walker as well as uh, the psychiatrist. Who I thought was Ritter. better, I, yeah. You thought she was better than Blanchette? Yeah, I think she just um, has a more um, sinister edge to it. I think the major reason is you in the new one, as soon as she comes on screen, I already suspected her. You know, it was right. too obvious her villain, villainy. You know, yeah, um, she's the femme fatale of the piece, isn't she? Yeah, but the in the original, it's not so obvious straight away. No, um, it doesn't doesn't give it away. So I think it works better that way. It's a bit more kind of you know you kind of know where it's going, but it's not it's not instantly yeah um, obvious. 
Uh, well, I even, mean, all even their relationship them. was explored um, in greater detail in the new version. I felt like oh, every element of it was explored more, and 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 that really what uh, led me to enjoying uh, the new Nightmare Alley so much was that you know if you've watched the original film, enjoyed it, and you should because it's a great film. It's a fantastic film of the year. It's quite singular in its way, so I advise anyone to go back and watch that. But it's possibly best to watch that first because if you watch the new one, then you're getting you're getting more. so much more. Ah! You want more? But um, I'd say this one's worth seeing. I, I definitely would recommend it to people. In fact, uh, with the you know proviso that do watch the original as well. Um, yeah, because it's good to do a compare and contrast with the two. I mean. How many years in between? 75 years, something like that, uh, in between the two films. That is a hell of a, that's a lifetime. Very long time, yeah. In between the two. And the fact that the 47 version still holds up, in our minds anyway, or, you know, 75 years later, is a testament to it in itself. I don't see any reason why you can't enjoy both for the same as well as different reasons, you know, Uh why not? You know, we were talking about Spider-Man on last week's podcast, and I can equally enjoy the 1978 Nicholas Hammond cheesy version as much as I can the new Tom Holland version. Um, you know, they're very different, but I can enjoy the the two things equally. And I feel that, like that with Nightmare Alley. I felt um, they're both excellent films. And, you know, I like to see stuff like this getting made as well that is, is kind of a period piece. It it shows off all that that wonderful art deco styles and 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 the suits and the uh, dresses and the hats and everything that we had in the 1940s and these are almost the films you don't mind them having another crack at if they're good no. enough and that yeah. someone's confident enough to do it right it's like do you know what have, have a go at, you know it's they're old enough to have a go at uh, yeah it's again. not like trying to remake Back to the Future or something, is it? Exactly. It's still so fresh in our cultural memory that it's like, don't touch it. But this, like you said, 75 years ago, a lot of the kids these days wouldn't even know Tyrone Power was. No. There's no reason they shouldn't go back and watch and that. And because and maybe- there's plenty you can do, we talk about, you know, the 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 violence and stuff that isn't you can now show. Mm. You can make a completely different yeah. take on these films. You can, and I don't think they went over the top with that in this one as well. You know, it's no. not like they put loads of guns in there and, and loads of car chases and stuff. And, you know, they didn't go over the top with it. But, yes, they showed more than, um, than they would have been able to in the in the old, old olden days. But uh, great film. Really glad I watched it. I think it is uh, nominated for Best Film at the uh, Academy Awards this year. It's one of the nominees. We're going to be talking about uh, the nominations in a minute. Uh, so stick with us if you're watching and you're interested in the Academy Awards nominations. But yeah, I think uh, I think there we go. That's our thoughts on Nightmare Alley. Uh, have you seen this film? What did you think of it? Let us know in the comments below. Um, I don't I don't think everybody loved it, uh, but obviously there must be some people out there that did. But either way, leave us a comment. Let us know your thoughts. It'd be great to hear from you. But yeah, that's everything we have to say about Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. Okay, Dave, so over the last couple of weeks, we have covered uh, the nominations for different awards. A couple of weeks ago, we did the SAG Award nominations. Last week, we did the BAFTA nominations. Um, obviously, that's the British um, Oscars, so to speak. And since then, we have had released the 
Academy Award nominations for 2022, which looks back over 2021 and all the films that have come out. Um, what we've done is truncated it down to Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress. So we'll do the same again this week, maybe with a few honourable mentions here and there, if that's cool with you. So we'll start with uh, Best Picture. What we've got uh, nominated is Belfast, a Kenneth Branagh film. It's high on our list to see. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, we've also got Coda, a film that we both enjoyed. I think it was an uh, Apple TV film, was it? Um, That's it, yeah. Really, really good. We've covered it in a previous previous podcast. We'll put a link to that below if you're interested to hear us talking about Coda. Uh, we've also got Don't Look Up, uh, the Adam McKay film. You uh, did a review for this the other week. I did, yeah, right here on the channel. Uh, great film, Adam McKay. Uh, it's... I enjoyed it. I don't know if it's best picture material, to no, be honest. No, neither do I. <laughs> I. I certainly don't think it'll win. It would A lot of jaws would just drop if it did, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, um, we've got Drive My Car next. Uh, I know the Beatles song. Baby, you can drive my car. I don't know the film. Never even no, heard I've it. not heard of this one. This is the one I'm sitting here going. So this is my car. Yeah, this is the wild card. We're obviously going to have to look it up now and look into it um, and see what that's all about. Uh, moving on, we've got Dune, Denny Villeneuve's Dune. Um, again, great film. Really enjoyed it. We did talk about it on the podcast here. Do you think this is uh, worthy of a Best Picture nomination, David? It's interesting, this one. Uh, I actually do think it's worthy of a Best Picture nomination. and Because uh, um, I think it's a very good film and it's a very interesting film. It's sho- it shocked me that this has been nominated for Best Picture, me mainly too. because this isn't the films they tend to go for. This is science, science fiction. fiction. This is action. This is da, da, da. this is not the kind of thing that usually gets added in. However, it's nice to see that happening, and I would like yeah. to see it happen more. That um, you know, it can't happen for all of them, but um, that they mix it up a little bit. You know. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's a welcome on a, on a technical entry. level. It's certainly worthy, yeah, uh, because it was an incredibly uh, well rendered film. It looked amazing. It created those worlds, uh, as we say, science fiction. So you're in a different part of the universe in a sense, and uh, they they did that all very well. So I'm I'm kind of surprised to see it in there, but still, there we go. It's in there. It's, it's not Spider Man, but. <laughs> you know, that's the thing, though. What you from what you just said, it made me think. Where do you draw the line? You know, at Spider Man, maybe. <laughs> at Spider Man. Okay, there's the line. Uh, next up, we got King Richard, the Will Smith film. Then we've got Licorice Pizza, something we are very, very keen to see. Paul Thomas Anderson film. That then brings us to Nightmare Alley, which we've just been talking about. Um, glad to see that one in there. I think it deserves to be amongst you know other nominees for Best yeah. Picture, personally. Uh, yeah, so am I. It's it's definitely worthy of being in there. I don't think it's a winner, but I think it's worthy of being nominated. So then we've got The Power of the Dog. Uh, that has kind of dominated the uh, Academy Awards uh, nominations from what I can tell. It's, it's had, a I don't know, what, 11 nominations overall? Something like that, yeah. Something like that, and uh, therefore more than any other film across the categories. It is a very good film. It is... Uh, you know, as opposed to Dune, this is the kind of film you expect to see nominated for Best yeah. Picture. It's 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 a period film. It's a drama film. Um, you know, based on um, it's got literary sources there. You know that it's based on. It's got Jane Campion as the uh, 
director, you kind of expect to see that sort of film nominated. And yeah, absolutely, and um, it, it's clearly Oscar bait, uh, basically. Absolutely, they seem to have gone crazy for it. And the last one on the list for best picture is West Side Story. Again, we haven't seen that yet. So my question to you is, out of those 10, which one's your fancy? What are you putting your money on? It's a tricky one, this, because obviously I haven't seen some of these yet. My gut reaction to, to it all is the four I suspect are in the running to win it would be uh, Power of the Dog, Licorice Pizza, Belfast and Coda. I would suspect so, they're the four Power of the Dog is, is probably the front runner. Possibly. Licorice Pizza is the kind of youthful uh, wild card in the sense that yeah, I can yeah. see that I can see that winning just for as as a wild card. One of those where uh, Warren Beatty reads the wrong uh, yeah. <laughs> film out or something like that. Um, Coda, I'm not so sure. Uh, uh, the reason I suspect it's it's a, a strong contender is if they wanted to go with something different. Yes, uh, it is, which very they different. have over the last few years. And but if, is that enough? That for me, that's like I'm not sure if that's enough because it is different. But at the same time, I'm not sure whether it was quite as high a standard as some of the other films. But that's just personal opinion. What was the fourth one you said? Uh, Same Belfast, just because that feels yeah. like a traditional choice. It does absolutely. It's you know again a period film. It's black and white. It's got the European element to it. You know, in terms of. Uh, you know, having a certain uh, legacy there, you know, with Kenneth Branagh and whatnot. He's got a, a, a big history in terms of filmmaking, so it's not a surprise to see it nominated. I I think I think The Power of the Dog will win Best Picture, but... Um, I think it might be that Jane Campion picks up the Best Director for that film. But well, it doesn't quick, win the best picture. Quickly to run over Best Director, we've got Branner for Belfast. Uh, we've got um, Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. This is the film we don't know anything about. This is the real yeah. wild card that we're going to have to look into. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's up there for Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. You think she's going to win that. And Spielberg for West Side Story. Uh, yeah. I'd say it's between Paul Thomas Anderson and Jane Campion. Uh, and in Best Picture as well. I think it's going to be between Licorice Pizza and The Power of the Dog. And it's, it's I, like you said, we haven't seen some of these films yet. We will have by the time the yeah. uh, ceremony comes around in March. So we've, you know, we could change our minds by then. But um, that's where I'm, that's where I'm sort of seeing, you know, that's where I'm putting my money for now is what I'm trying to say. Okay, so do you want to uh, take us through the nominations for Best Supporting Actress? Yeah, let's have a quick look. Uh, Best Supporting Actress. Um, This is kind of similar to what we saw back in the uh, BAFTAs last week. Uh, We've got Jessie Buckley for The Lost Daughter. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. We've got Judi Dench for Belfast. Uh, we got Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and we've got Anjuani Alice in King Richard. I put um, my money on Kirsten Dunst. Uh, no idea yet. I think I need to see some of them others to really make a guess. Um, so for Best Supporting Actor, we've got Kieran Hines, again, for Belfast. We've got Troy Kotsur for Coda. We've also got Jesse Plements, The Power of the Dog. So we've also got J.K. Simmons for Spider-Man No Way Home. 
But that's not all, folks. Here's the real blockbuster. Brace yourselves. You might want to sit out. <laughs> That's J.J. Jonah Jameson. No, I'm kidding. Of course, we've got J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardos. Uh, the final one in that category is Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Who'd you like out of those five? Personally, uh, the one I want to win for all kinds of reasons is Troy Kutzer. Troy Kutzer, I agree with you. Yeah, um, I think I it'd be wonderful for him to win. It was a great performance. The fact it's a deaf performance as well is fantastic. I think, yeah, I'm all behind that. Dave, take us through the nominations for Best Actress. Best Actress. We've got uh, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, we got Olivia Colman's up again uh, for The Lost Daughter. We've got Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Uh, we've got Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos. And we've got Christian Stewart for Spencer, which you, of course, covered on a review here on the channel. Link I did. The now, this um, film has been completely snubbed otherwise on a lot of these ones we've gone across. She, where was yeah. Stewart's nomination for Best Actress in the other award shows? I don't understand it. She was amazing in that film, I thought. She was really, really good. I want to see her win. She's got my, she's got my back in. Let's see Kristen Stewart win for Spencer. That's that's where I stand with this one. I don't know who I'd want to win um, because I, I haven't seen any of these. But my gut reaction says I'm guessing Kristen Stewart because the one thing that came out of that film was her performance. Okay, uh, best actor category. Let's have a look. We have the great Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. Benedict Cumberbatch, of course, for The Power of the Dog. We've also got Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Will Smith's up there as well for King Richard. Well done, Will. Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. This film we talked about the other week on the podcast. Denzel was very good in it. As always, Denzel's As a very always. good actor. When's he, not, when's he not good, exactly? Yeah. Um, who's your money on? I'm 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 going with either Denzel or Benedict. I'm going to win this one. Uh, my money's on Benedict. Okay, and I think it'd be nice to see him uh, win one. So yeah, fellow Brits. Uh, yeah, he's certainly he's certainly amazing in that film. He's really and he's amazing in it. He is. Um, it's probably the best thing he's done. Yeah. I think um, in terms of being really different, um, and he's done loads of great stuff over the years. I think it's finally time for him to to win it. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's, let's let's go with Benny. I think there's a couple of interesting things that uh, House Gucci hasn't got much action here. Um, no, not even for, a Gaga. Um, no, it's up for makeup, and I, I think maybe a couple of others, but it's kind of been missed. I think uh, uh, I think Lady Gaga should have got a nomination as best yeah. actress. She was brilliant in that. Spider-Man has been nominated for visual effects, so it might pick up something there. <laughs> yeah, good on it. Um, and uh, probably the weirdest uh, entry out of all the nominations I can see is uh, Coming to America has been nominated for Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Wow. I was an awful film. Sounds fucking awful. <laughs> so there we go. That is, um, you know the main categories for this year's Academy Awards nominations. Uh, who do you think should win? What are your picks? Put them in the comments below. Um, it'd be really, really interesting to hear what people are thinking in terms of who's going to win in these categories. There we go. That's our picks for the Oscars. That leaves us just enough time to tell you about what we've been up to elsewhere on the internet and on our website this week. We have a reaction to the new Jurassic 
World film. It's uh, Jurassic World Dominion. It sees the return of Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern into the franchise. So we did a reaction to that trailer. You can watch that here on the channel. Link in the description below. As always, don't forget to join us on social media. We are at More Movies For You across most of the major platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, etc. Come and say hello to us over there. We also have a Discord server. If you want to come and talk to us on Discord, then the link is in the description down below. And if you want to listen to us in just audio format, maybe listen to us on the go. Uh, we're on all the podcast platforms, uh, Apple uh, podcast spotify all those kind of things we've got a link in the description down below with all the links you could need for that and if you enjoy what you see here or listen to here and you want to support us we have a buy me a coffee account you can buy us a coffee that really helps us to you know uh, pay further all the little things that we have to pay for to keep this podcast going including you know the price of the movies we we watch and the electricity involved to like the rooms that you're watching us in, etc. And we also have a Patreon page, so you could become a pledge over on Patreon and join one of the packages there. Again, the links are in the description below. Dave, that's it for this week. That's number 39 in the bag. We did it. It's going out on the internet, no matter what. Any final, final thoughts for me uh, this week? Well, you know, just, yeah, mister, I was made for it. You were made for it. You were made for stardom, my friend. Thanks very much for joining us. Come back again. And don't forget, keep watching more movies. He said it was what I was made for. Well, that's it for this video. Please leave us a comment and let us know what you thought. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe right here on YouTube. To check out more of our articles and reviews, check out our website, moremovies.co.uk. And why not join us on social media? That's uh, at moremoviesforyou across the board you know the score and if you'd like to support us consider buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com or you can become a more movies patron over on patreon.com all the links are in the description below and to check out more of our filmtastic videos click one of the buttons on screen now